0: All right, welcome guys to the Leadership to Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Anil D'Souza. So glad to have you guys joining us. Our guest today failed in the NHL and uh, has failed so many places. And he's gonna share some of that, which has led to his successes. And now he is uh, not only a financial advisor, but he actually helps to coach professionals in that area. And so we're going to get to find out what some of those failures have ultimately taught him and how we can transform those uh, in our own lives to have a greater success in the areas that are important to you. So guys, without further ado, I want to bring on our guest today, Blake Linklater. Blake, how are you doing today? Good. Yourself? Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me on, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Well, come on. So, failed uh, failed at getting to the NHL, which, you know, I'm sure was crushing to you. But we know that the chances of anyone getting into the NHL National Hockey League is is astronomical. Like, it's really difficult to, to be able to do that. But you've been able to learn and now, of course, coaching people. In in some different areas. And and so I guess I'm curious now, being where you are now, not only as a financial advisor, but also as a, a coach for professionals, you talk about the areas of mindset, uh, you talk about clarity, and you talk about systems. And are you able to look at your attempt to uh to be in the NFL NHL. Can you see where maybe you fell short in some of those areas? Is that, is that what sort of um, catapulted you into not only being able to be a financial advisor, but also to be able to coach people? I think
1: there are many similarities between like professional sports and building a business and, and a financial advisor. And, you know, I think when you know, like any kid growing up outside of Toronto, just outside of Toronto, I I wanted to play, I played hockey, I played triple A hockey and and double A and some junior, and I wanted to play in the NHL and like that was it. And you know what, I was so naive and and blindly, I was like, I'm just gonna do it, you know, and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna do it and I wanted to go to college in the U.S. too. and, And I just, people would say, yeah, you know, the odds are this, you're not, I was like five foot nothing. I'm still five foot nothing, and you know, and I was a goalie. And at the time, and, and even now today, it's like you know, the goalies are all six foot, and, and now like they won't even look at you if you're under six feet. Mm-hmm. So yes. I'm five foot six on a you know, five foot seven on a good day. But uh, so it was it was you know it was hard. But I didn't know. I didn't care. I knew I was going to get there, um, but I didn't. But I did get to play play uh, college hockey. I, you know, I spent a couple of years there. And I did actually play, Have a, I literally had a, almost a cup of coffee playing professional hockey in the minor, minor, uh, like the A-level ranks of pro hockey. Um, yeah. And so you look back, did it prepare me? I, I I don't know, but, you know, if I look backwards, okay, I didn't get that far to the NHL, but I still got to do it. Yeah. And did I make some mistakes? There were a few pivotal moments where I thought I could have made different decisions. And had I done that, it would have taken me on It did different path I mean one of them was right out of college uh, I went into the workforce and I, I knew in my heart I shouldn't have done it I knew in my heart I should have just taken the summer to to, to just work at a goalie school or take some time off or do whatever um, or go travel and play some hockey like there was some opportunity just play hockey in, in New Zealand yeah. and I knew I should have done those but I didn't I went right into the workforce and and, you know, that decision impacted me and I didn't learn it. I had to learn that, that lesson a few times. Mm-hmm. So did it prepare? I, I think as I look at other decisions and trying to keep some of the stories short, at that moment, I should have learned to trust myself. But I had some good people, people very close to me who said, no, go to work and this is what you should do. And, and I trusted their opinion more than mine. Mm-hmm. You know, so the big lesson I think I'm only learning now 20 years later is to trust yourself and believe if you think something is right and this is the way to go, then you have to trust yourself to do it despite what other people say.
0: Right. Right. Well, I, interestingly (laughs) my my cousin was, uh, was actually a goalie. He uh, injured his groin uh, the year he would have gotten drafted. And uh, so went undrafted, ended up playing, he, he had a great, uh i guess you would call it semi-professional career Mm -hmm. played all throughout the states uh on a number of farm teams and um even got called up uh i believe for the rangers once okay um but didn't uh didn't make it um Uh. but but he got called up you know he and uh and so and, and he tried to chase down that dream for a lot of years enjoyed himself did well at it, and then uh, finally decided to come back, get married, and and move on to um, mm-hmm. onto with life and and or to the next chapter. I don't want to say get on with life because he was living life that whole time, but yeah. it was it he he definitely chased it, and um, you know that's again more than most people can could ask for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people I know were trying to tell him to do differently. We're trying to tell him to go work and do all of these things. And, and so that's interesting that you would, you're, you're realizing, hey, you know what? I should have just trusted myself. But what's the here's the, here's the part. It's, I think it's easy for us to say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you're on this end, you know, you need to trust yourself. I don't know if people know what that looks like uh, when they're oh. in the midst of it are you able to say something about how you could look at it differently so that you could trust yourself in that moment
1: for me that inability to trust myself kept showing up even as a financial advisor uh you know like when i started my career as an advisor uh with edward jones and back about 10 years ago great firm great Company, loved it, did well in, in a couple of years, but I wasn't knocking it out of the park. But I had a good friend who said, Hey, come with us, you you can you can make more money here. And I thought, okay, yeah, he is right. He has been in the industry longer, he knows more. Right. And so I left. And I didn't make more money. I mean, I made a bit more, but I took home less. You know, and then that that in a bit, you know, but I Again, it partly that, that same scenario propped up many other times in the over ten years, uh, and as that's what I'm, saying, I'm only now really beginning to do it. And so, how do you know? I think it's that gut feel inside you that that little voice that just takes practice and just takes time to do to do it. And when I when I got to like play college hockey. And I got there, I knew in my heart, I had these gut feelings that I just had to go and do it. And I, and I listened to it and I was very good at knowing it. And then after it disappeared, then I, I lost touch with myself maybe or whatever, like when I graduated, I just knew I had this feeling. And and so how do you know? It's just a strong feeling that, and it takes time and practice to get to know yourself and get to know, Hey, is this just a, a false? presence or is this a real voice, a real inkling that I got to do this because my heart tells me so. I had that feeling after, after I left college, I had that feeling that I should have done it. Uh, and that's probably one of my regrets uh, to do that. And then when I look at the other decisions I made, like leaving Jones early, um, I didn't have that feeling, you know. I look back yeah. now and I felt I should have stayed, yeah. but I mean, I might have gotten let go every too because everybody I started with got let go. I mean, the advising world is a very dog-eat-dog world, much like, much like professional sports. And so to, to kind of put it to your question, how do you know what do you, it's just a strong feeling where you know in your heart and you only get to know that through learning to listen to yourself and learning to trust yourself and mm-hmm. that takes time. And when I look back in my life, like my first 10 years of that journey to get to co- play college hockey, I, I trusted myself more, and then I went away for like 10 years, and now I'm beginning back again to trust myself again. And, right. and sometimes that's hard, like that. that's hard. You know, it for me when I graduated college and when I was embarking on my career, it was my close family that was saying, no, go get a job. Yeah. And, and that's hard when you're young and 20, in your early 20s to yeah. say, no, I disagree with you, you know, someone you yeah. respect and admire. But I think, yeah. you
0: know, that was a decision I
1: should
0: have done. You, you know, I, one of the things, things to... that... Oh, sorry. Uh, one one of the things that I normally will suggest to people... Now, on, on my side, having gone through uh, trust issues as well, as well, one of the things that I advise people on when it comes to this is to recognize that it's a choice. And in, in recognizing the choice to to trust you you sort of take it out of the realm of of how do you feel and um and now the other side of that is to look at what the area is that you don't trust in and and ask yourself does that apply in this situation because oftentimes what i've found is that people will um, actually share that they you know, uh, oh, I don't know if I can trust myself on this, but they're comparing it to another situation where mm-hmm. which doesn't have a, an application, right? like yeah, oh, I did this and I and it turned out all wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, okay, but does that relate to this situation and and oftentimes it doesn't and we keep overlapping it into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing rather than going, being able to look at it and go okay i'm going to choose to trust in this situation based on this and this and this and those feelings that i have of distrust well it's okay it's okay mm-hmm. that i don't trust myself uh in because of that that is not this yeah and i get to move forward A- any thoughts on that i i think it's true i think it's
1: you know, I heard a good. I was on a webinar yesterday, and you know, one of the things he said is don't let someone else narrate your story. And he's like, your story is your story, and that like now that resonates with me much more than than it probably would have when I was twenty. And I'm looking, you know, and even now with Instagram and all the social, everybody stares, and you get in this comparison syndrome of like, oh, they're doing it, why shouldn't I? Yeah. But like you just said, it it's your story is yours, and be you have to take advice from the people who are on that same journey or that same level where you want to go. You know, in my case, yeah, they had my best interest, but they also weren't, they didn't always understand where I was at that moment. Yeah. So I think
0: I actually think it's foolish for people. I actually think it's foolish for people to not allow people to speak into the situation. Sometimes people will say, I'm just, I'm not going to listen to them. But I think there is something to be learned when it comes to trust. There is something to be learned about letting people speak in. And mm-hmm. then I love what you just said. And then narrate your own story. Yeah. Don't let other people narrate it. Let them speak into it. But then you still have to make a choice for your life. Right.
1: Doesn't serve you. You know, yeah. and so like as you know, as your entrepreneurs are growing your business and you're getting advice from all left, right, and center, I think yeah. you're right. You gotta like ask yourself, hey, does this advice serve me, and is it useful? And and at the end of the day, you make the decision, and hey, anything any wrong decision can usually be corrected, within reason. Any wrong, you know, business yeah. decision.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, when you make the decision, you get to own responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Which means you also get to go change it and make a new decision, right? Yep. <laughs> it's, yes, exactly. It's, and, and I think a lot of people are afraid of that. And, and so I think when you talk about mindset, uh, what are some of the what are some of the keys that you talk to or you share with people about um, having a you know a mindset that works.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the big thing is to celebrate your wins and do what brings you joy. So when I look at mindset, it's like, okay, we have all these obstacles and we got to battle through it. But there's, you know, it's what brings you joy and celebrate your wins. So often as entrepreneurs, you don't, you don't celebrate your wins. You're so in the battle. You're so in the weeds and, and, uh, of running the business, of making the, I'm trying to make the next sale. And you forget to look at how far you've come. You know, and and that's why when I go back to like looking back now, I didn't play professional hockey, but I still made it further than whatever, maybe 95% of the hockey, minor hockey kids. Yeah. And that's still a pretty good accomplishment. I still got to do this and I still got to see a bit of the US and and it brought me other opportunities. And so if I just look at, oh, I didn't make it, then I forget all the good that I did do. So I think, you know, celebrating the wins and the small wins as I really focus on that with my clients. And I really focus yeah. on bringing from a mindset standpoint is what brings you joy. Those two things are going to increase your confidence tenfold um, because you don't get in this business to do stuff you hate. You know, I hate paperwork. I, I, and I haven't met a financial advisor who loves paperwork. So yeah. whenever I'm talking like how much do you, you know, that's the first thing we try to get rid of is how do we like hire someone and, and or, or automate it so you do less of it We because we hate it. So many salespeople do and so do more of what brings you joy. Focus on on the mindset, and then eliminating some of the. We all have self doubt. Self doubt, and you know when you when I work with my clients on the mindset piece, it's very specific to that individual because they might they might be struggling with self doubt. Self doubt. Everybody does.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and how do you do that? How you do that is again, you focus on on them. You focus on what brings you joy. You focus on the little wins, and, yeah. and you. You just have to eradicate that voice in your head, you know. Yeah. That voice well, that says, I, "Oh, you can't do it."
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I always going to be there. I always like to yeah, exactly. It's always going to be there. And so one of the things that I like to share with people is to actually uh, to recognize that that voice is going to be there, and and to be able to think. You, you know, be able to thank yourself for whatever that voice comes up with. And again, still be able to choose because there is a difference between your thinking and your thoughts. And by and large, your the thoughts that your brain comes up with are all going to be based on the past. It pulls from all your past situations and then it tries to give that to you, and which is why as human beings, we're always trying to stay consistent with With uh, that which we've done and uh, the things that we've said, because that's what that's what it does. It's a retrieval system. It doesn't mean that you can't make a new decision today based on what you're looking at today, based on what you want. Now, in light of that, i I would question about this part about joy. Cause I don't know if most people even know. Well, what does that even look like? What? How am I supposed to know what brings me joy? Because I think everyone does exactly. You know, the you go to the brain. What does the brain pull up? It pulls up the same stuff that it had there from however long ago. And and so, which is why some people are still partying in the bars as still part doing all this stuff that they were doing at twenty because they don't know what else to pull from. So how does someone even identify what brings them joy?
1: You know, my clients struggle with that. When I say, what brings you joy? Some of them struggle with it. And I just say, okay, well, let's do this. What gives you energy? Write down everything that gives you energy in the moment. And and I don't say, I just say, whatever gives you energy. And And then after, is it positive or negative energy? So perfect example, right as you know, you and I are talking right here and we're having this conversation and I'm just sitting here, we're talking with joy and I'm like, you know what, I in my head, I'm like, I really like this. I really like doing this, like being on this end and having this conversation. Yeah. And so that's bringing me joy. It's bringing me like a good positive energy. Yeah. So you have to pay attention to it. You know, and then when I think about like paperwork or, or a perfect example, again, last night, I'm trying to complete some paperwork for, for the hockey team I coach too. And for some tournaments, we're going to enter, and it requires, for me, it requires very painstaking detail. And that I got to go through it. I got to make sure everything's done, and, and my eyes and teeth, and 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 it it's painstaking. And my daughters even started to notice it. Like, don't bug dad when he's like in the zone. That doesn't bring me joy, but that depletes my energy. And, and so that when I say to my clients, like, hey, what gives you energy? So there's a negative side of energy. And I'm like, okay, so let's do less of this stuff or if we do have to do it you got to block the time off and and then do something to regain it so to answer the question it becomes self-awareness and it's not all about partying it's not all about oh it's it's hey how do you feel a bit about it like when you're out in the when you're if you're a sales rep or if you're entrepreneur if you're selling and or if you're trying to get you know new clients like how does it feel are you enjoying it does it bring you some joy is there a bit of positive vibe that hey this makes me smile a bit like Mm -hmm. again when i was with edward jones you know edward jones is famous for door knocking so a little less now but you go door to door and i've knocked on over ten thousand doors uh in in my time and every one of the jones advisors could tell you stories of people (laughs) coming to the door but What I'm getting is it took me like 20 minutes to knock out. I hated it. But over time, I think you, there's that thing you learn to love the process. And over time, I got to enjoy it because I got to just spend time walking between homes to just talk to myself and and spend time with myself as I went door to door. And I got to know the fact of, I got to know how many homes I needed to hit on and how many would answer. Uh, I'm just I'm excellent at picking up patterns and it just stuck with me. So I knew if I just hit on this many homes, these many people would answer and give me a number. So and then and so there in terms of like I got to enjoy it and it gave me a good feeling. Yeah. Um, I still wouldn't want to yeah. do it every day. But how does one identify it? it? Just start by paying attention. What do you like to do? What do you what are the things you're good at? I I just tell my clients, list twenty things you like to do, you'd love to do yes. and start there. You know, yes. and actually just one of my clients yesterday said, hey, write down 20 things you like to do. She liked giving herself gold stars. I'm like, hey, well, put that down there, you know, <laughs> and then, then let's use the gold stars to reward yourself when you're doing the activities you want to do. Yeah. You know, and, and she like, you know, obviously she like kickboxing and other stuff, too. So, yeah, but the, that's where I start with my clients when they're struggling and she struggled yeah. to come up with 20. Yeah. You know, I said, hey, don't limit yourself. Just think of 20 things you like to do. And yeah. that bring you some, you know, it be a kickbox and be spending time with your kids, being helping a client reach their goals, or maybe it's doing financial yeah. planning. Yeah. And just start yeah. there by writing things you like to do. Yeah. And then narrowing it down from there.
0: Okay. Well, let me, let me quickly do that exercise. Um, so what brings me joy and okay. I just spoke at a uh, multifamily real estate conference, um, at the toronto metro convention center thousands of people and one thing that i recognized about it was it wasn't speaking to thousands of people that brought me joy but rather the opportunity to speak into people's lives uh, the Mm -hmm. opportunity to be able to um, try to make a difference, and then, when I got off a stage to be off the stage, to be able to talk to people individually, and and be able to make a difference for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, they're going to have to go and do the things that they need to do. But for me, there was something powerful about being able to. Just being able to share with them my failures and the things <laughs> that I've learned out of that, and um, and maybe even inspire them to take one more step. So, I uh, okay, there. How did I do? There's yeah. something that I, I recognized.
1: I think that'd be awesome. And then, so my next step with you would be would is now like okay, so how do we get you to do more of that? Yeah. What events are coming up that you can go to? Yeah. Who can you reach out to to get to more people, or how many more people? can we get to you know how do we get you to more it, it, it's working with you to figure out okay how do we get you to do more of that if that, yeah. you know and, and then yeah. working out a plan to be like okay these are things that I like to get more of and how do we get you to do more of those how do we yeah. get you in front of those or who do you have to talk to to get yeah. in front of those you yeah. know like I'm as you said it I'm like well this podcast is one avenue for you to do that.
0: Right. Yes. Yes. It's one of the things that I do love about the podcast is the opportunity to be able to, you know, speak to guests like yourself Mm -hmm. be able to learn. I get to learn from your experiences what what you've gone through. And we together we get to share that with the world. And maybe there's just one person that gets to hear that you uh, tried to get into the NHL had that dream crushed yeah. crushed, <laughs> and you were able to uh, not just resurrect yourself, but be able to recreate yourself and now, you know, taking it on into a whole nother area so much so that you're, you're actually able to coach people as well. And, and that's, mm-hmm. y- you know, to be able to see that, um, y- you know, there's manure in the soil, but, that's where all the plants come from and, um, you know, the most beautiful flowers. Right. So it, yeah, it, there's something there in that. Mm -hmm. So, so then tell me, how do you, okay. So now another thing that you talk about is clarity. What do you mean by bringing clarity?
1: So clarity for me and for my clients and for your life and for your business is just getting clear on where you want to go. What's your north star? Okay. What's your vision? You know, um, I've done it myself on many different platforms. You know, I have it just from one of my uh, mentors with the mastermind. We have it every. I do it every quarter. It's my three years business, three years life, the numbers I need, and then what questions that hurt, which are like, where am I not performing in my life, and and where am I not performing in my business, and and that acts as my north star. That acts acts as where do I want to go? What does my business want to look like? What does my life want to look like um, in in my business and in my life? And that's what I mean by clarity. It's getting clear where you want so that you know that, Hey, like if something comes along, like, Oh, there's a job offer from whatever X, Y, Z, but I'm like, does that where I want to go? Is that really what I want to fit in? Or, you know, like, I have an opportunity to go wherever. Let's just say, oh, I want to try try to plan a trip to New York City. And, okay, is that, you know, something I want to do? Like, for me, I like to travel. I like to spend time with my kids. Like, how can we fit it in? It it does fit in. For my clients, a lot of when we do this, it's what do you want the business to look like? How many clients do you want to have? How um, How many
0: businesses do you want to own? Or how much revenue are you bringing in? Yeah, and working with. Them. I think okay. one of the I think one of the problems that people run into in this area is they they go well. How do I know that that's the right decision? Um, how do I know if mm-hmm. that I should make that the goal? Maybe it should be something else. And it, which maybe this comes back to the trust issue. But I, oh, it totally does because I've done that
1: the whole time. Like, yeah, my career has been late laden with failures or leaving things too early or uh and i think if i look back if i trusted myself on a few more things it leads a different path but i think yeah. learning it back at it now like just trust yourself and go with it there's no right or wrong yeah. put it out there and, yeah. and go you know and yeah. put it put it put it out there and go and take action towards it you you can correct yourself yeah. later and yeah worried less don't do what I did and worry about, is this the right decision? Because I have done that way too long. I've spent way too many hours thinking, is this the right decision? Should I do this? Should I, you know, is this the right firm? Is this, is this the right firm when I switched and, you know, and and then making the switch and I'm like, you know, now it's like just just make it and go and, and, and stick it out for a bit, push through the dip. You know, and, yeah. and I think it's Seth Golden who wrote a book called The Dip, and just push through it.
0: And okay, I, I've got one that yeah. that uh, hopefully I can I can stump you on. So, I think when we have when you have a mentor, the key to to having a mentor is that that mentor will be able to shorten that learning curve. They're going to be able to say, "Oh, this is what you want to do." Then here's here's where you want to point to and yes. and they give you that direction and they've already been through it so they can they can give that to you and and if they're uh a, a wise you know mentor they're going to be able to listen to you and be clear about what you're actually better than you know be clearer mm-hmm. about what 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 you're trying to get to than you might even know now, here's that other piece is, when you don't have a mentor and you don't know where to go find a mentor in that area that you're working on, what do you do then?
1: You know, now it's so easy to find mentors. It doesn't have to be a physical contact or a one-on-one meeting. You can find mentors just through a podcast like this or through yes. books. Um, that can shorten that curve. I mean, like there's, Grant Cardone is built, you know, famous for the real estate investing and and sales. If you want to get better at sales, just go pick up one of his books. You know, Jeffrey Gitomer is a guy I've been following for 20, 30 years. And, you know, he has the sales Bible. And I bought his, I still have his book. It's the Little Red Book of Selling. And that's how I learned to build my sales career, just on that. so, just pick up a book, pick up an audio book, pick up something. It's so easy now to find a, a mentor and learn from them. Um, so, the fact that, oh, I can't find a mentor, I don't believe it. Like, you know, just pick up a book, pick up something and go where people are, go where they want to meet them. And, you know, a good example is when I, after I graduated college I, and I the hockey grant, I wanted to get into coaching hockey and, and I did. And it was coaching hockey and I had a good mentor. And then I wanted to, well, maybe I'll coach professionally and one of the and I called up And I just researched people's names and this was so this was 2004 or 2005 so the internet wasn't like what it is today you know I still had to like dig and find things and and one of the guys said, go to this convention in Naples I, I didn't end up going to it but he's like if you go there there are tons of college coaches there who who will who will help you and, and who can put you in touch with the right people and yeah. And so, I mean what I did is I wrote all the college coaches and I wrote all these teams with a handwritten mail and and mailed it. Um, so I think you just have to be willing to do what it takes. And, and it's so much it's so much easier now to have a mentor. And I had and sometimes you have to pay for it. I joined when I started the coaching business, I I joined a a mastermind, a coaching program. I bought the program, we, we did it. And it shortened wait, the current, my learning wait, curve. just
0: just, bef- just before we get too far, yeah. for those of you that, uh, just, just before we get too far, for those of you that don't know what he's talking about when it comes to writing uh, writing letters. <laughs> there, once upon a time, we had these pieces of paper, and you would write down on them, you, you know, whatever your thoughts were. We didn't have emails. It was a piece of paper. You folded it up. You put it in an envelope you closed it and you put a stamp on it and and these guys show up the same guys that give you your mail now they show Mm -hmm. up and they will they would take it and somehow it'd get there i know you've never heard of this but just that's how the world used to communicate back and forth with one another yeah Um, but so i i love that story that you literally wrote handwritten letters uh, to these coaches Sorry, yeah. I, I just had to no, I, I had to point that out.
1: <laughs> I, I literally wrote them. And you know what? I still do it today. Not to the coaches, but I write like... I don't do it as often as I should, but I write like a handwritten thank you note. You know, one or two a day, just to something that's impacted me or something like... Somebody that I've had a good conversation and we made a connection. And I just... I, I have a stack of like 40, 20 bucks from Amazon, you know, about 100 thank you cards. And, and I just... I write them out of line. And, and depending who I'm talking with, you can get their business address and and I just write it and, and just to build the relationship with it and, and and have an impact and influence. So when you talk about things like you know, you get that feeling, like I would say, Hey, do this. And when I write when I write the card when it's genuine sincere, I get a good feeling. And then when they respond, sometimes people respond like, Oh, that was so thoughtful, and it's just another way to stand out. So, you know, if you're a yeah new entrepreneur it's a way to stand out and get your business going um and and just to stand out amongst the crowd but yeah the mentor sometimes you got to pay for it and and that shortened my learning curve early on and you gotta you know the power of a handwritten note still goes a long way longer now than
0: maybe did 10 years ago even yeah yeah um let's just time out for a quick second yeah uh Wyatt Wyatt, are you there? What's up? Um, I I was just noticing that uh, I lost the signal a couple of times, or I couldn't hear Blake. Was it fine on your end? Yeah, I'll get on my end. Okay, perfect. All right. So then that's just me. All right. Thank you. Sorry about that, Blake. I wanted to make sure that we weren't weren't losing you there. I'm just going to take a look at my signal. Okay, I see what it is uh my computer is on the wrong network okay (laughs) okay well uh, so it's on my end so okay that's fine um okay three two one okay so i actually love this idea even of the handwritten notes and i think guys if you're listening something important in this if this sounds like work to you it's because it is and it's the kind of work that you can do that will separate you from your competition. It can separate you from other people because they aren't willing to. You want a competitive advantage? You do something that other people aren't willing to do. And I I love what you're saying because as you were talking about writing, writing these handwritten notes, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. Um You know then i gotta get stamps and then i thought okay but if that is the one thing that makes a different difference for your clients for the people on the other end why not blow them (laughs) out of the water with with something so simple yeah yeah it's so simple it it takes
1: a minute of your time you know just send a thank you note and and just thanking them for whatever and something personal about the conversation you had, like, don't just make it a blanket, like try to put something personal about it and just do something different. That'll stand out. Everybody is like, what did I want? Another person I follow, like, you know, it's just different is better than better. Like we're all, especially with the financial advisors and like we're all selling this to the general public. We're all selling the same thing. Like the general public can't tell the difference between, say, the Bank of Nova Scotia or Wood Gundy or and go to the US, Merrill Lynch and RBC. General public doesn't know. So you got to stand out. You got to be different. You got to be you and authentic. And, and it, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a sales rep, when you're whatever, what can you do to stand out? What can you do to, to be different? And you don't have to be better, you got to be different be different than the other than the other everybody else
0: you're up against. Yes. And and that's the unique skill that we actually all have intrinsically. We yeah. are different. So literally you just have to be you.
1: Yeah, exactly. You just have to be more of you. And that goes back to the trust thing. You got to trust yourself to be yeah. more of who you really are. And that takes some self-discovery, and so me- trust.
0: So let me ask the question, what is it for you that you find that uh, draws people to you? What is it that your clients or the people that you to talk to, what is it that, that draws them to you? I think I'm pretty authentic and I'm pretty trustworthy. I had
1: a, a wholesaler of mine very early in my career come up to me and we were chatting and having coffee. And he's like, you know, Blake, you you, you come across as very trustworthy. Um. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of, and he's like, I know that sounds interesting given how we're, we're all in finance, <laughs> but I was, I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. But so I, I, you know, when you know what draws people, I'm pretty authentic. I share my failures, you know, um, and, and I come, ac- whatever it is that I do, I come across pretty trustworthy, worthy early on. And I think it's because I'm authentic and I'm just I genuinely care. I genuinely want to help people succeed. I want to see, yeah. Hey, what do you, where are you now? where do you want to get to and how do we help you get there? You know, and then let's just plan the best way to get there and take action on it. And, you know, that sincere desire to help people, I think comes across and, you know, the fact that I'm authentic and I like to tell some stories about it and share my life. You know, like I told you here, I was, you know, in NHL or trying to do the NHL. I've had, you know, I coach hockey we've said throughout it and, you know, I have my kid stuff going around. So I think with me sharing some of those stories, people are like, okay, you know, without even really saying anything, kind of already told you that I'm a family man. I'm committed. I, I know what it takes because, you know, like I coach hockey. I coach advisors. I've built a couple businesses. I've failed in my many firms that I've been with on, on the advisor journey. And, and by sharing those, I think it just, people are drawn to to that,
0: mm. uh, okay. Let me ask you a, a maybe a little bit of a painful question. What are you failing at right now? Oh, I
1: think at this stage in my life, I'm rebuilding it. So I'm, you know, I'm going through some personal ship, my you know, relationship situations. So I'm probably failing at that. When you look at it, where it's happening, like I'm. I'm I'm going through a separation. So we're in in the, I guess we're almost in the the final stage of it, but it always evolves. So, you know, did I fail at it? Yeah. In one way. Yeah, I did, you know, and I look back and that there are some things I could have done maybe to keep it, keep the juice flowing with it. But, so I will say, that's the one area I'm failing at it right now. But I'm rebuilt, I'm trying to rebuild it, and trying to, yeah. you know, try to rebuild it. You know, if anybody's gone through a separation, then I mean, I'm just still new in it. But the best, I think, somebody told me you're, you're just, or I look at it as I'm trying to rebuild my life again. Yeah. And right. you know, so that's where I've failed
0: at. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's the
1: most current one that I'm failing at. That
0: that that is this amazing. Is <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um. I'm gonna join in with you since uh, you're sharing about your failure. Um, I, I'll say, well, I did go through a separation and my, my wife and I were able to uh, reconcile our differences. We've built back better, stronger. It, it, it We've been able to do that. But in terms of my current failures, what I would say is right now, um, health-wise, you know, uh, mm-hmm. exercise, weight, this kind of stuff, eating, diet, right? these things are not working for me right now. No, no, back it up. Take responsibility. <laughs> I am not working these things. I'm not taking the responsibility. Yeah. And, um, and so I can, you know, and it's having an impact in all these different areas. Uh, most importantly, the energy I'd like to have when being with my kids and I can clearly look in the mirror and say, I'm failing in this area right now. Mm -hmm. And if I don't make changes, um, there will be long term repercussions. And uh, and so there you guys, if you guys are listening, I, I hope that uh, you're able to take whatever's going on for you and be able to own it, own that failure because you get to make the changes from here, from, from wherever you're at Mm -hmm. and you get to, to make some decisions going forward um and and i guess you got to bring clarity to it right you have to be able to see that stuff before you can then make those those future goals the decisions be able to identify your north star so Mm -hmm. thank you uh love that so all right so now someone's they've worked on their mindset they're uh they're learning to trust themselves they're they're bringing clarity they're understanding hey, maybe this is my North Star. Now now you talk about systems. Mm-hmm. What, what do people need to bring when it comes to their systems? What's this all about? Yeah,
1: so for, have you ever done the Strength Finder test? No. Okay, no. take a, buy the book. Do I have it on the bookshelf there? Strength Finder 2.0 by Tom, I think it's Tom Rath or I need to get my eyes checked. And uh, <laughs> ATH <laughs> it ends in uh, Finder 2.0. Um, I did that. I've done it like a Colby analysis. And have you yes. done the Colby? Yes. I've done the oh, Colby, Yeah, This is my favorite one. That gave me the permission to be more of me. Like I am a 3773. 3- mm. 3- 7. 3. 7. 3. 7. 3. I hate fixing things. Like I'm, I'm mechanically inept. I really am. And when I got that, I'm like, oh my goodness, this makes so much sense now why I, I, I don't fix things. I hate it. Like, I don't yes. like working on my car. I don't like building anything. I, I hate it. And I suck at it. Yes. <laughs> um, so when I combine those two, I'm somewhat methodical, but I'm very good at identifying processes and identifying systems. So when I talk about systems, I talk about building systems and processes into your business so that it becomes repeatable and scalable. And I'm excellent at kind of identifying those. It becomes very easy to me to pick up patterns and whatnot. And how do you build this process out? And I'm always planning ahead. And it's kind of really when I look at it, how I got into financial planning, that's what you do is you pick A, you go to B, and you map out the plan to get there. You map out the roadmap and, and the method. And then for your meetings, you have a process. I knew my first meeting. I knew what happened in my second meeting. And I knew what would happen in the third meeting. And I mapped it out. Mm-hmm. And then each client journey had the same repeatable journey so that I could plop someone into my practice and they could kind of take over. So when I talk about systems, I talk about developing those systems and repeatable processes in your business, yeah, and
0: maybe in your life too. Like, what to, did you say you, your, your Colby was again? What, what did you say? I was a 3773. Seven, seven, three. Seven, seven, three. Okay, wow, you. Yeah. You nailed those two, uh, the follow-through and the quick start, uh, yeah. <laughs> flat even, and then uh, fact finder and implementer, you were, yeah, okay. Uh, on got the it. low scale. So, so like, yeah, yeah
1: so it, it's true. Like, when I get something, it's like I want to get it and I want to finish it. Yeah. You know, and it's very, but then where I get lost uh-huh. into this, it's a bit like, you know, we talk about failures. Where I get lost is if I don't act on it right away, it delays. Or if I don't like it, I kind of put it off. And then paperwork, I'm not very detail-oriented. The, the three fact-finders was like, don't give me minute details. Right. And people always, early on in my career, and this is what we talk about, knowing yourself, and, and I'll get back to the systems, people will always think I'm very detail-oriented. And I kind of am, but I'm, I notice very subtle details. Like I'll notice the pattern on your shoe jacket there, but not like the most painstaking detail. I'll notice subtleties. And for people, as I look back, it's like they've, they mistake that for detail-oriented because it's not really, it's just noticing. I can notice this most subtle thing, but ask me to like do the 10-page research paper. No, that's, we talk about draining energy, that drains me. <laughs> or we talk about doing the paperwork I had to do for the hockey team, the tournaments, that was draining. It took me like yeah. a good half hour, 45 minutes just to do like two things and and pay a couple tournament fees because it just took a lot of energy. But, um, yeah. So So you want to know something
0: funny? Yeah. I don't know something funny. So I'm, I scored an eight, four, four, three. Oh wow. (laughs) I scored an eight on the fact finder. Um, yeah. And which is interesting because I, I don't know that I really look at myself that way. Um, but I do love finding the details there. Mm-hmm. There's there's something in there where I'm like, I find the secret code in in that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. there was, actually, if you you've read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things in that book that uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about is he says, whoever controls the contract controls the money. And, and so yep. I was like, Oh, how do I control the contract? And so all of a sudden I started learning. Uh, I started reading every contract that, <laughs> you know, you go, go to, uh, go to buy a car and they say, sign here, sign here. And I say, hang on a second. And I start reading through it. Yeah. And, and lo and behold, I, Oh, hang on a second. And I start asking questions and the things that you learn. Yeah you know wait all i have to do is tick this box and i get this this and this (laughs) they're like yeah and i'm thinking to myself why didn't you tell me you you (laughs) just wanted me to sign over here right so okay tick this box or do you know just little things and and you find all these secrets but so i guess there there is that piece uh Mm -hmm. for me but uh yeah it's it is kind of funny to me um and and this piece about follow through, I'm, I'm really interested in mm-hmm. as you're talking about this, because to me, the the one thing that I've learned through business and in life is it's all about the follow through because yeah. there are so many people that are able to start something, but without the follow through, it never becomes it never gets something. Done. Yeah. yeah and so I, I learned to sort of fall in love with getting things done which is why it's funny to me that on the colby i would get such a low score in mm-hmm. in that area maybe it's because i it's not my mindset but it's my choice i i don't know
1: yeah i don't know Anna, i'm sure someone one of the colby certified people can dig into it but uh,
0: yeah whoever you are yeah. come on actually um, there you go. You can have uh, I, them on the podcast.
1: There's an idea. Yeah. Get a Colby certified uh, trainer on the podcast for you.
0: Well, I'll, I'll have to call one of my uh, <laughs> one of my friends who actually taught me about the Colby. And I've had him on the show before. I'll, I'll get him back on so uh, yeah. to talk about that more closely. But um, sorry, about building systems yeah. you were talking about. So, so it's just putting systems
1: in your business. Like if you yeah. think of McDonald's or any franchise, they got a system in place. So even a high school kid can go in and, and run a and run make a burger or make a yes yeah take something out at whatever restaurant you're at so to build to truly build your business and to have that time off to have the, the life you want you got to put systems in place you got to put structure in place
0: yes. so
1: you got to put processes in place yes to, to do that so that you can go away and you can do things that you want to be doing Yes. And, and so that's what I talk. That's what we work on with the businesses. And, I,
0: I have and, to I have to tell this this story because yeah. this is very relevant today. Um, I was actually and I was late to to get to this meeting, to get to our, our interview. I was meeting with um, a partner of mine and we were one of the things that literally I was saying to him was, you need to work on your systems on your organization and i said as as much as we're we work together on on things i said i you're like one step away i can't bring you into my partnership my level of partnership because you don't have that those systems i like you i think you're amazing <laughs> and but if you if you don't understand and this this is the part I, I said to him, If I do it, then you become my employee mm-hmm. If you do it, then we become partners and and I said, I that's something for you, and it's something that holds our relationship back from going to the next level. so i I literally talked to him about that <laughs> earlier today and we were we were trying to work out some stuff and uh, you know we were having some issues. Yeah. But, at the end of the day yes systems and creating those systems is vital to growth you can't yeah. you can't go to the next level i I heard this story once before and i will i want to hear a little bit more from you about this is about the systems part you know it's like a, a knife a knife is a tool that allows you to cut up your vegetables and meat and all of these kind of things but if you don't know how to use it you'll cut your fingers off and mm-hmm. you can add people think the solution is oh just getting all of these things oh if i if i do a million dollars in sales if i if i buy uh fifty thousand properties you know everything will be fine and you're like no it will be a surefire way to kill you because if yeah. you don't have those processes you'll have no ma- way of managing it and uh, you'll probably have to get on the meds or something like that if if not worse. So, yeah, yeah, please tell us a little bit more about building systems.
1: I would, you know what, first thing, just write it down. Write down what you want to happen in your business. So if you're, what's the first step? What's the next step? And if you don't know, just go back to your last sale or go back to your last two or three sales or clients, you know, I, I kinda, the sale and the client is the same thing and write what happened, okay. So if you're an advisor, how did you meet the person? Okay, then you got the first meeting. What happened at that meeting? What's the work you had to do before? You had to prepare the documents, you had to get their statements. At the meeting, you have your set agenda. I hope you have a set agenda for the meeting. Then after the meeting, what happened? Did you email meeting summary? Did you send a thank you card? Did you put the data into your, your software? did you then what do you so go through it go back to your last two or three sales or clients and if it's a real estate agent you know go back to your last two or three sales what happened and start there and build it out and put it on paper you got to put it on paper or word document nowadays (laughs) and put it out there put it on pen and paper and just start that way and then build it out it's an evolving document as you hire more staff but who does this who does the data entry you know who does what who who does the actual planning part and yeah. build it out it's a working it's a living breathing document that evolves it evolves when you're just the solopreneur where yeah. it's just you but i would start when it's just you and then just put okay i don't want to do this anymore i hate paperwork yes. so yes. who does the paperwork someone else put admin or something yes you know and then when you yeah. know when you're ready to that point or you hire the person then this is what you're looking for
0: yeah. So that's how you yeah. do it.
1: You just start.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and guys, do not do not sleep on what Blake is sharing with us right now. You know, this is such powerful information. If you want to actually really be a business owner, you have to have these processes in place to be able to build that business. And if it sounds like work, it's because it is. And mm-hmm excuse me one second yeah (laughs) why did it not stop this i put it on do not oh i put my phone on sleep not on do not disturb Uh, oops um okay then there are certain people that are allowed to call through when it's on sleep Okay. all right, it, and it cut a, it. cut out my sound. All right, um, <laughs> three, two, one, two, one. Okay, guys, check yes. this out. Look, you need to listen to this because if you want to build a business, if you want it to be able to grow, you have to have these systems in place. And if it mm-hmm. sounds like work, again, I'm I'm gotta say that you know, as Blake is sharing this, it probably sounds like work, which means that other people are going to be afraid to do it. And that becomes your opportunity to really differentiate yourself is is by doing those pieces that other people aren't willing to do. And uh, Blake's laying it out here right now. And Blake, I love it. That that's that's fantastic. So if people are if, if people are interested in working with you, and, and they're they're not sure, is there some way for them to get a hold of you? And what what's the best way for people to learn more about about you, your coaching, and that?
1: Yes, this is, there's two ways. So you can, your best is to follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just under Blake Linklater, that's one area. There's also my website, which is blakelinklater.com. So B-L-A-K-E, L-I-N as in Norman, K-L-A-T-E-R.com. Um, and then, you know, they could always just my email and contact information that is on both those platforms to if you want to book a call, uh, a quick intro call, there's no obligation. and take a look at everything but those would be the two best the website and the, the LinkedIn profile.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay, so now people have got a little bit there now the question is what what excites you going forward? What are you working on that that people can get excited about uh you know as they hear about what you're working on uh for the rest of this year and going down down the road. Ooh.
1: I'm excited about where life has taken me. I'm excited about my coaching business growing. We just picked up a couple, uh, about two new clients in the last week, so I'm excited to see where their business can grow. Um, I'm excited about my advisor business too. About uh, you know the firm I'm with and the processes we're putting in place. We talk about building systems and processes. We're doing a complete overhaul of our systems and processes, so that when we expand, we're we're able to have these systems to put, to put people in and let it So I'm excited about that. And, yeah you know, and I'm excited about picking another year, like year changing event, you know, uh, for the next six months. So those three things. Love it.
0: Love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, um, you know, Blake is great having you on show any, any parting words that, that you have for the audience as we, as we call it a wrap.
1: Uh, you know Parting words, just learn to trust, trust yourself, get to know yourself and don't be afraid to be yourself and 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 then just take action on it. Trust yourself, take action. And I think the missing ingredient in that is have faith. Trust yourself, take action, have faith that it's going to
0: work out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Get to know yourself, trust yourself. And uh, definitely nothing happens unless we take action. Yeah. Love it all right guys uh you know thank you blake for coming on the thank show you. guys thank you for listening to another episode of the leadership to wealth podcast and as your host neil D'Souza, as always thank you guys and we'll see you again next week on the leadership to wealth podcast